You keep hearing that you need to create compelling content that your audience is going to enjoy. But how do you do that? That's what we're talking about today on episode 19 of Social Media Simplified. You're listening to Social Media Simplified with Lara Wellman, the podcast for business owners who want to harness the power of digital marketing to grow their business online. I'm really excited to have a dear friend on the show with me today, Becky Stanisic. I've known Becky for at least six years, and though we actually live in pretty much the same neighborhood in the same city, we really became friends on Twitter. And as long as I've known her, she's been incredible at building community. She has well over 10,000 followers on Twitter. She started a blog called Bit of Mom Sense. She's built a really great Facebook community around that blog's Facebook page, and Over the years, she got so good at it, people just started asking her if she would help them build their communities. And that's what she does now, is she is a community manager for quite a lot of other small businesses and helps them grow their brand online by creating really wonderful communities with engaging content. And I asked her if she would join me on the show so we could talk a little bit about how she does that. What do you need to know in order to create content that's going to speak to your audience and help you grow your brand? So let's jump into the interview where we talk about that. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to have you here. And I would like to start by having you just tell me a little bit about who you are, what you do. And because I think it's such a great story, maybe a little bit about how you got there. Sure. Thank you. Um, So seven years ago, I guess I had my second child. I was a stay at home mom for the previous couple years before that. And uh, I was online quite a bit, but not a ton. I was at a point where I was reading a lot of blogs and a lot of uh, parenting websites. And uh, after she was born, I said, I want to do that. I want to be involved in this community. So I got on Twitter first, actually. And uh, I still to this day love Twitter. But it became kind of uh, my water cooler, my place where I got to chat about just what I was doing. Otherwise, I was at home with a toddler and a baby and my husband was on parental leave. And we were just kind of uh, uh, engaging online that way. I then started the blog because I thought I should have something to share on Twitter. And so that kind of motivated me at the same time to, uh, to begin writing. And it's just kind of grown from there. In terms of the business side, it was a couple years in when uh, I was learning a lot about online blogging and uh, social media and it was at a growth point especially in the parent mom dad blogger world where it was really taking off and being monetized and uh, a small business approached me and said you know have you thought about helping others do this online because you're engaging and and you kind of get it and I joked and said that Most don't like my 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. hours that I have available because I was committed to being a stay-at-home mom. And uh, this small business, who were two moms as well, said, no, that sounds great. We just need some pickup and someone to manage it. And that's kind of how it started. So most of my business has grown out of referral. And certainly to this day, whether it's a a blog opportunity or a, um, a business social media management opportunity, there's a lot that comes right directly as a result of Twitter or some relationship that I've built online. So there is still this um, sense that Twitter has changed or that 
you know, what can we really do and, and are there opportunities out there still? And, and I really believe there are. Great. So you're still, you're still writing that blog you started seven years ago and now you're helping other small businesses build their communities online and you're working with several different types of businesses, but they all have sort of, I think, a similar feeling as well uh, in a community that you understand. One of the things that I've always thought about you is that you have a great ability to understand and engage with an audience. So why is that important? Uh, and thank you for the compliment. Uh, it is important because you want to be able to address the people who are reading your information or the people who are potentially clients and you're not with social media it's not about selling it's definitely about relationship building and people buy from people and there's nothing wrong with wanting to use social media as a marketing tool to ultimately sell I think we're foolish not to build that into our planning but it's not as in your face about it maybe as some alternative marketing avenues and the relationship for people to really get to know you and your business and what you do in the community, let's say, uh, is all there. So with each client, in my case, there's a different voice and a different feel to all of their content. So I can't write the same thing for client A that I would for client B. They're just, while they might be similar, they're not necessarily the same in voice. Even with my own site, a little bit of mom sense. Um, on my Facebook page, there are things that I just won't share there because it's just not my brand. It's not my voice. And when over the years I've developed that kind of feel, that consistency is really important to, for people who want to like your page or who will follow you um, to get a sense of what information you're going to be providing them. Right. So what I'm hearing is that you, no, no matter who you are and no matter who your audience is, you need to be really clear on who you are, what you want to be expressing, and how you can start to build relationships with people based on all of that put together. Absolutely. And there's a bit of trial and error that's involved. Uh, I mean, especially if you look at Facebook, and Facebook's probably this love-hate that I'll always happily talk about in a love-hate format, because you'll share something and it will be reached to 10 people or you'll feel like nobody has seen it. And then you'll share something else that is just kind of fluffy and you just wanted to get something out and it does really well. And it's very confusing sometimes to know what's going to do well and what's not. And so there's a lot of trial and error that you need to do. Times of day that you're posting, how often you're posting and the type of content. So once you kind of start to flush that out, even on Twitter, on Pinterest, you want to see what's resonating well with the people. Um, and there's no point in having sharing something that others are sharing if it doesn't fit with who you are and what you are trying to do. Uh, one of the things that I find really helpful is that I think about it with each page that I run and each site, who's reading this? So sometimes I'll, I'll really narrow it down and think, okay, this post would be for someone who you know, is coming in the new year and is really making a change in their health and want something that's not too intimidating. You know, this latest Canadian Living article really hits the nail on the head with that. So I, it's almost these very little mini, you know, who is this other person who will click on this or who wants this information? And the more I think about it like that, sometimes the easier it is for me to find content that really resonates. Absolutely. I, uh, I have pictures of people I'm sharing content to either in my head, but I, sometimes there's even an actual physical picture of somebody that helps you figure out who you're sharing to. 
whatever works exactly so let's talk a little bit about content you're talking about you know varieties of content how, what kind of content should people be sharing what kind of a mix of content and how do you figure that out uh, again, it goes to who your reader possibly is, and I'm going to use reader as the person reading your tweet, reading your Facebook, reading anything. So content and micro content on these social sites vary, um, but it, it really depends on who they are and what they seem to to like or need. So I use four C's whenever I talk to people about content, uh, and those four C's are consistency, because I think it's really important to not surprise a reader with something that they wouldn't expect to find on your page. And you develop that relationship over time with other things that you post or that you share or that you talk about. And so that consistency comes into play, I think. They expect a certain something of you. Even a, a huge site like BuzzFeed, we expect a certain thing out of BuzzFeed. It feeds a certain part of us and they know their brand. Um, consistency... Collaboration. So if you're looking for content, who are your partners in the community? Who are you working with? Who are you trying to develop a relationship with? Turn to them and share some of their content and develop the relationship, the engagement piece that way. Um, complementary is another one. So you want information that is complementary to what your overall mission is or your overall um, messaging and sometimes that complementary um, information it, it doesn't need to be exactly on the head so in my case I'm a parent website not everything I post is going to be about the kids or about motherhood or parenthood sometimes I'm going to post things about um, I post a lot of recipes obviously but you know the home changes or home organizing because in my life those things matter so if you think about it like a, a chart if you have your main topic in the middle and then you draw a line out to subtopics if you will this complementary information will really help find and source that content for you in a different way so that you're not always sticking you're not always hitting it right on the the head with exactly what you are you get to be a little bit um, involved and a little bit more, I guess, uh, experimental, but it still fits in your brand because, again, it goes back to that consistency. And the fourth C is compelling. And compelling content uh, is still important. And whether that's something that is emotional, that connects to the reader, whether it's something that's funny and makes them laugh, or whether it's something that's informative that they walk away and say, that was really helpful, compelling content is still uh, crucial. I love those. Those are great. So there's, now I've got all these ideas going through my head, but I want to ask two questions. One is, do you have sort of a rule of thumb in terms of how much content you're sharing for yourself, your own promotional stuff versus sharing stuff from other people just to add value to your audience? Oh, I would say it's definitely heavily in favor of other shares versus um, internal shares. And it really depends. Like when Christmas was happening and the holidays were happening, I mean, most people had to share more of their own stuff. I mean, it, it's hard to get around that. You want to, frankly. I think we can't be too scared to let people know what we're doing and promote our own businesses. Um, but if you went on a general rule of thumb, it's almost, I would say, even a 75% other content, 50% at most other content, and then, or at least, and then... Um, 50 to, to 25 of your own. 
And it, it, again, depends on the balance. And you need to know what your readers expect. If you're an expert in a field or if you're a leader in a, in a thought field, your readers want your tips and your information and your content. You need to be sharing that uh, as well as building those complementary and those collaborative pieces out as well. So you get a sense for it, but I also think that you'll find if you're only selling or you're only pushing yours, you won't get the engagement you want anyway. Great point. I think I think it's really important to realize that, yeah, it's going to change by business. It always is. Yeah. But having a rule of thumb makes people more comfortable. So that's always nice to have too. I, one of the things I say is in, in all of your content, look at the last 10 things you've posted. Is that representative? If someone's new and, and is looking back at your last 10 posts, is that representative of who you are overall? And if you're happy with that and it's a nice mix, and then, then continue on that path. And if you look and all you've done is shared your last five blog posts in a row, you probably want to mix that up. Great. That's a great little exercise. So, okay. So we know that we want probably more content from other people than our own. Where are we supposed to find it? Good question. The first place you start is, I mean, every social media site has a share function or a, a reshare function. But I think what people get lost in, and this is um, important, is that it takes a lot of time to vet that information. It's not as easy as just clicking the share button or the retweet button. I think it's really important as a social media manager, but if you're doing it on your own for your own business, you need to vet that content. And it does take time. That's probably most of my time in, in all of my day is spent just reading and sourcing content. Because if you read an article, the, the subject line or the title might sound great. Um, but then if you read it, it may not be, again, representative of what the messaging you want to share is. Uh, same with on Pinterest. So Pinterest, you can just pin away. But if you don't take the time to click through to see if that pin is valid, if it goes to where you want, or if it's setting up somewhere to a, a flagged malware site, um, you can run into some problems that you don't want to necessarily deal with later. So I recommend that you do vet the content. But So it's a lot of reading. One of the things that I am loving right now on Facebook is there's a save function. So you can actually save an article um, right on Facebook. There's a little arrow, drop-down arrow, and you click save link, and it will save it for later. So if you have three pieces of content that catch your eye whenever you're sitting down to do your reading for the day with your coffee, you're not going to share three pieces of content all at once. So you might share one at the time, and then you'll save the other two for another time. And so that's really helpful, finding and saving that. You can also kind of set up an Excel to drop content into. But it's a matter of going through these sites, following good people, strong people that you value their content and then reading through and saving it. Yes, it's time consuming, but it's worth it. That's great. Do you have any other tips for people on how to just get good content out there and start engaging with their communities? I think the biggest piece and engagement's a word that I know I overuse, but it is important to share and, you know, really experiment with what your readers want and don't just share for the sake of sharing go back to, you know, how is this compelling and what is this providing? And sometimes it's okay if it's just providing a laugh for the day. That's a valid reason to share something, especially on social media. But, uh, you know, finding that content and keeping that consistency will be important. And I think, 
you know, finding new ways to engage is something that's that's special too. Try to stand out. What does it look like? What what's different? Maybe you're doing um, videos. Maybe you're doing mini Instagram clips. Stand out. I think this year we're going to see more people looking for creative and innovative ways to bring social media to people because it's a very crowded field and we it's very noisy and we need to cut through that noise somehow. And then go back to, if nothing else, go back to your solid content, to your mission, to what you're trying to do and really focus on that because you're bringing something different. And yeah, and I mean, it all comes back together, right? We know that, that the online world is a crowded space, but if you really truly understand who you're talking to and what they care about, and you can then create content that speaks to them, you're going to do better than if you're trying to be generic and, and trying to please everybody. Yeah, and I think this is where insights and analytics really come into play. And there's a lot of information that you can find from your social media analytics and your Google analytics that tell you some stories. What is resonating with people? One of the things that I recommend is go into Facebook, find your last month, to search your posts by the top 10, you can search by your top 10 organic reach, let's say, once you drop it in Excel, and it will tell you what really stuck with people. And sometimes you'd be surprised, because I know we're often told, share a picture, share a picture. Pictures don't always, for your audience, it might not be the number one thing. So use those stats and those analytics to your advantage to see and really hone in on what people want. Awesome. Where can people find you if they want to connect with you and and see how you engage with your community? <laughs> well, my bit of mom sense, which is a very just silly engagement, I suppose. But uh, Twitter at bit of mom sense and Facebook is again bit of mom sense. Instagram, Pinterest, same thing. And uh, I'm happy to chat anytime on those places. And I will link to all of those in the show notes so that people can easily find you. Great. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for being here. I think you've provided some really easy to understand, valuable tips on how to create good and engaging content. And I appreciate you taking the time to chat with me. I appreciate you having me. Thank you. Thanks. I hope you got a lot of really great actionable items from this interview with Becky. I really love her four C's and the way that she thinks about content and engaging with your audience and how important it is to create content that they're going to want to see and that they expect to see. I've put links to Becky's blog, to her Facebook page, to her Twitter, to her Instagram, and everything else in the show notes at larawellman.com slash podcast slash 19. I invite you to come over and check it out. I've also included links to iTunes and Stitcher where you can subscribe to get the podcast automatically. I would love your feedback in the comments on the show note on what you'd like to see next, on what you'd like to hear about next, and if you have any recommendations on other people that I can be interviewing on the show. Until next week, I'll see you online. <laughs>